0: Open with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 14, and I am going to point you to the twenty-sixth verse of Mark chapter fourteen. I'm going to read verse twenty six and then I'm going to skip down to verse number thirty two and read a few verses in your hearing. Everybody that has the word, say Amen. If you don't have it, just look up. It's on the wall right now. Amen. And Mark writes, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And this is what he went out into. This is where he went. Verse 32, and they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, sit down ye hear while I shall pray. And he talk, and he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry you here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed, that if it were possible The hour might pass from him. And he saith, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Could not thou watch one hour? Verse 38 says, Watch you and pray lest you enter into temptation. For the Spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And everyone said, Amen. Verse number 26 said, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. I want to talk to you for a little while uh, from this portion of Scripture. And I... I don't have a title, really, other than whatever you're going through, just keep going. Amen. Whatever you're going through, just keep going. I heard a country song this week, and you know every once in a while, country songs get it right. I don't know who sang it. All I know is when I was in Cracker Barrel eating breakfast, it came over and I thought, my the song said, if you're going through hell, keep on going. Amen. If you're going through hell, keep on going. You might get through before the devil even knows you're there. Praise God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, whatever you're going through, keep going. Amen. Amen. God bless you, you may be seated. It was an intimate setting. We call it the Last Supper. Jesus had brought together his disciples for a time of sharing with him, with them, the particulars of what were to come to pass. In that setting, He revealed to them that one would betray. There in that fellowship of the moment, they took of the bread and the wine and they fellowshiped in a deeper mystery even than just bread and the fruit of the vine. But they fellowshiped the mystery of salvation and what was about to happen at Calvary. He shared and he opened the eyes as much as possible of his disciples. And then after all of that was concluded, the Bible said they got up and they went out to the Mount of Olives. They were going to Gethsemane. Jesus already had a premonition as to what Gethsemane held for him. There is no doubt in my mind that he already knew what was coming in these next few moments and hours of his life. In Gethsemane, there would be an agony that would overtake him, that would literally overwhelm his physical being. An agony of experience that would be so great that the Bible said that his sweat became as great drops of blood. Doctors say that the only way that possibly could happen was for there to be such an intensity in the human body that the blood vessels literally leak out into the skin and so there produces this, the mingling of sweat and blood. It was in an agonizing time. It was... A time when he wrestled with the flesh that he indwelt as God in man. It was a moment and a time of extreme turmoil. And it was a time of great testing. He wrestled in that garden with many temptations. The greatest of all was to leave the work unfinished. It was too great. He was sweating great drops of blood, and his friends that he had brought with him to help him and encourage him were now sleeping while he agonized in prayer. How easy it would have been for him to have said, no, it's not worth it, and left the task undone, but in Gethsemane, he wrestled down that quitting spirit, and he brought it under the submission of a greater will. And he determined that I am going to finish this course. I am going to finish what I have set out to do, what I have been called to do, what has been purposed for me to do. And so in Gethsemane, in the agony of that experience, he wrestled down the quitting spirit. He not only wrestled down the quitting spirit, but he wrestled down that fear that he would not be able to be sufficient for that moment, that he would succumb to the pressures. As they had said later of him, he saved others, but himself he cannot save. He was assailed by the fear. That you do not have the strength that is sufficient to see it through and to go all the way. And so he wrestled with this flesh. He wrestled with this unwilling flesh until he subdued it as well. So that he could say, not my will, but thy will be done. It is a great moment in a person's life when they can wrestle their will down and they can bring it into subjection to a greater will and a greater purpose in their life. And at Gethsemane, Jesus wrestled down that human will and he said, you will do the will of God. He not only had to wrestle with that flesh, But he had to wrestle with the feelings of being forsaken. When he had brought men with him that should have supported him. He would stand to tread the wine press alone. Nobody could go with him. Nobody could go through what he was going through. Nobody could endure what he was going to endure. And so he was forsaken while his followers slept. He prayed how true to life it is even to this very day that many sleep while others pray. And it was that moment of reckoning. It was that time when everything, his purpose, his calling came to a head. And it all rested in what would happen in this garden. I am convinced that from that point on, Calvary was nothing to him. The agony of the cross would be nothing compared to the agony of the experience of Gethsemane, for it was here in the trenches that he wrestled down those spirits that would oppose him and those things that would cause him to want to quit And give up and go back. And he stayed with the task until it was completed. He continued on until he had subdued every one of those demonic spirits. And every one of those antagonizing things. And it is so powerful to see him in that garden wrestling and tossing and turning and struggling with flesh. It gives me some encouragement this morning that if he struggled with his flesh... It is, no, it is no different that we too struggle with our flesh. Many of us struggle with the feelings of quitting. We struggle with the fear that we're not sufficient for the hour in which we live. And we struggle with the feeling sometimes that we have been forsaken, that we are all alone, that we are by ourselves. We have no one to support us. It is encouraging to know that when he came to that moment in his life, he was able to stand the test. And if he could stand the test, he is a living testimony that you and I can stand the test as well. That no matter what we are going through, no matter what we are having to endure right now, we can make it. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. Somebody said amen. amen. We can make it. There are times when we want to give up. When quitting is easier than going on. But you've got to stay with it. Amen. you just got to stay with it. How many times have we felt like folding it, closing shop and going somewhere else? How many times have we thought in our own mind, if I could just get away from here? If I could just find me another place to live, things would be better. Well, you know, that seems to be good. But the truth is, you're going to be you there as well as you are here. So whatever problems you've got here, you're going to have there. So you might as well go ahead and make up in your mind, I'm going to wrestle down whatever's trying to frustrate my purpose I'm going to wrestle down whatever's trying to stop me from doing the will of God. I'm going to wrestle down every demon and devil that tries to torment my life and tell me I'm a loser, that I need to give up and quit. I'm going to wrestle it down here because it's here where the battle is and it's here where the battle has to be won. Amen. Somebody said amen. And Jesus going into Gethsemane, all of those things that we just talked about, all of those things were on him. Though he may not have been in the throes of the experience yet, he foresaw, no doubt, and he knew what was coming. And it is so interesting, it is so enlightening to see that before he went to Gethsemane, when he left the upper room, the Bible said that he sang a hymn. He sang a song as he left that upper room and began to make his way through the streets of Jerusalem. Out toward the Garden of Gethsemane, he began to sing a song. What is interesting is the song that most Bible scholars believe that he sang. And it was the 118th Psalm. If you've ever read the 118th Psalm, you realize what a powerful message he was sending not only to his disciples, but to himself. Sometimes the best message that anybody can preach to you is the message that you preach to yourself. Hallelujah. There are times when I get up here and I am preaching as diligently as I am. But I know that I'm not connecting. But the greatest message many times comes from our own experience and it comes from within. And so on his way to Gethsemane, on his way to this time of wrestling and on this way to his time of struggling with will and with the flesh and with forsaking of friends and with the abandonment of those that he counted on. In the face of that, the Bible says that he sang a hymn and he sang no doubt the 118th Psalm and this is how that Psalm begins. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. On his way to a match on his way to a rendezvous in life that would determine his purpose and his outcome this is what he sang oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever he sang a song of praise when it would have been easy for him to have been singing a song of pity it would have been easy for him to have sang the blues. It would have been easy for him to be cry what was coming on him. It would have been easy for him to have gone into lamentation and pull out one of those old faithful dirges and sang of the woes and all the pity. Instead of that he reached for a song of praise and he said you know what if I'm going to get through this mess I'm about to go through I'm going to have to have praise in my mouth and praise in my heart I want to come and preach to somebody this morning That if you're going to get through what you're going through You better get a praise on your lips You better remember that the Lord is good And His mercy endureth forever You better say it to yourself over and over again God is good and His mercy endureth forever Hallelujah The only way you're ever going to get through Gethsemane is if you know that God is with you. If you're going to get through what you're going through, you're going to have to have a song of praise. You're going to have to quit with the pity party business. Amen. Pity parties don't ever do anything but make things worse. They magnify everything that's wrong and they diminish everything that's right. Do you know the truth is that there's more right going on in your life right now than wrong? There's more good in your life right now than bad? But if we're not careful when we go through this experience of life and we come to our Gethsemane all we see are the burdens and the problems and the pain and the abandonment and the loneliness and the hurt and the anguish we don't realize that there's 10,000 angels that are waiting to come to our aid we don't remember that the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever so on His way to Gethsemane on His way to a place of dying and death. Jesus sang about a God who endures and a mercy that lasts forever. Somebody needs to get a praise in your mouth right now. That's the only way you're going to get through what you're going through. That's the only way you're going to be able to endure the pressure of Gethsemane. you got to get your praise back. you got to get a praise in your mouth. you got to remember that really there is more good than bad. Hallelujah. Oh yes, I don't care what man can do against you. God is with you. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. He sang a song of praise. I want you to listen. I don't have time to read the whole psalm. But listen to what the psalm said. In verse 6 he said, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Hey, folks, uh, when you're getting ready to go into a Gethsemane, you need to remember that right there, that the Lord is on my side uh, and there's nothing that man can do to me that's going to hurt me. What can man do against me? When God is for me, who can be against me? There ought to be something in us this morning uh, that remembers that God is still on my side. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, God's still on your side. Oh, yes, He is. I don't care how you failed Him. I don't care how many times you stumbled. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. God is still on your side. Praise God. He's still on your side, He's still in your corner. Praise God. How do you think he made it through that moment of wrestling? How do you think he got through all that he had to endure? He got through because he knew the Lord was on his side. He got through because he said, if the Lord is on my side, why should I be afraid of what a man can do to me? The only way you're going to get through what you're going through right now is to have a praise on your lips. You're going to have to have praise in your mouth. You're going to have to remember that the Lord is on your side. You're going to have to remember that the Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. The second thing that I noticed when I read this psalm is that He not only sang a song of praise but He sang a song of faith. He said in verse 8, it is better to Trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compass me about, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compass me about. Yea, they compass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compass me about. I want you to notice how many times he said they compass me. They compass me about like bees. But they are quenched as the fire of the thorns For in the name of the Lord I will destroy them I want to tell you this morning There's got to be something in you That said you know what I am going to make it I don't care what man has purposed I don't care what life has designed to do against me God is with me And I am going to make it Hallelujah Hallelujah He sang a song of faith in the face of betrayal, in the face of loneliness, in the face of abandonment. In the face of the cross, he's saying of a confidence and an assurance. Verse 13, thou hast, trust, thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall. Speaking of what man has done, but the Lord helped me. Oh God, somebody needs to hear me this morning. It doesn't matter what man comes against you with. It doesn't matter what the devil comes against you with. The Lord is my help. The Lord is on my side and he is going to keep me. The one who keeps me never sleeps nor slumbers. That's why he said the Lord is my strength and the Lord is my song and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Oh God, help me to understand this morning that when I'm going through hell, when I'm going through whatever I'm going through, I've got to have a song of faith in my heart. I've got to have a song of faith. My trust is not in man. My trust is not in what you can do for me. You will do your best, but your best will let me down. But God will never let me down. God will never Fail me. My trust is in the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. That's what's wrong with a lot of people right now. They've got their trust in everything but the Lord they're counting on this person to get them out they're counting on this thing to happen they're counting on this bailout they're counting on this this thing coming through and they're counting on that thing hey that it, it, you know what those things may never come through but if your trust is in the Lord God will always come through he said I was once young and now I am old but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread I've come to preach to somebody this morning that in woe economic times, uh, When everybody's waiting on another government bailout I'm not looking for the government to bail me out I'm looking for God to take me out uh, I'm looking for the hand of God to rest on me And lead me through these troubled times uh, I just gotta keep going Because that's how you get through whatever you're going through You just keep going Hallelujah Counselors can't do it for me Advisors can't do it for me. What I have to learn to do is trust in the Lord again. Trust in the Lord and lean not into thine own understanding. The word trust is powerful in the Hebrew. It literally means to put all of your weight upon one An illustration would be if I were to stand up on this pulpit, which I've done before and I'm not going to do this morning because my wife would have a heart attack, but I can still do it, folks. If you don't believe that, you just hang around here. I can still do it. I crawl over benches if I have to, and I'll get back where you are if I have to. Oh, yes. But my trust is... Is is All of me is resting on this pulpit. That's what trust is. It's not doing this and keeping half of me in my world. It's not leaning on Him. It's not being in touch with Him. It's not being near Him. It's climbing up on top of it and saying, This is where I live. This is where I stand. This is where I die. Whatever happens... My trust is in the Lord. It's not in a man. It's not in what you can do for me. It's not in what my government can do for me. It's not in what somebody else can do for me. My trust is in the Lord. That's who I'm depending on this morning. And God's going to see me through. He's not going to forsake me. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to abandon me. He's going to go with me all the way even to the end of the earth. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, quit leaning on him and start standing on him. Quit leaning on him and get up on top of it right now. Quit just leaning, quit touching it, quit getting close to it and get into it. Hallelujah. Praise God. As some people get just close enough to the church to make themselves miserable. You can be seated. They just get close enough to make themselves miserable because they know what they ought to be doing, but they know they're not doing it. But they're afraid to get away from it. Because they don't know how to live without it. Folks, there's a better way to live than that. Quit getting close to it. Just quit putting your hand on it every once in a while and think it's going to revive you. Come on, get up on it. Get into it. Hook, line, and sinker. Say, you know what? This is what I am. This is whose I am. This is what I'm going to be. Praise God. That's the only way you're going to get through what you're going through. That's the only way you're going to get through a Gethsemane kind of experience is to put your trust completely in Him. Amen. Praise God. I wish God would touch my eyes. I didn't have to use these goofy glasses. He said, open to me the gates of righteousness and I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. Woo! This is what he's saying on the way to Gethsemane. This is what he's saying on his way to Calvary. Woo! Hallelujah. You can't defeat somebody that's got that kind of praise in their life. You can't stop somebody that has that kind of faith in their heart. Praise God. Not only that, but he had a song of confidence. And this is the part I like the best. Woo. I'm just about getting ready to feel like preaching. He said in verse number 24, This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He had not only a song of praise. He had a song of faith. But most important of all, He had a song of confidence and courage. That this Is the day the Lord hath made I will rejoice and be glad in it Go back up to verse number 17 I love this one He said I shall not die but live Can you imagine on his way to Gethsemane On his way to the cross Jesus is already talking about living He's already talking about the other side of the grave He's talking about the other side of the cross He said it's going to take more than this to stop me. This ain't going to put me back. It's going to take, hey, I haven't lived this long to come this far to give up now. Hey, I'm in the middle of it. I might as well go all the way through it. I might as well stay with it. I'm going to live and not die. I'm going to live and not die. I'm going to live to declare the works of God. I'm going to make it in spite of hell. I'm going to make it in spite of flesh. I'm going to make it in spite of rumors. Huh. I'm going to make it in spite of hatred. I'm going to make it in spite of jealousy. I'm going to make it in spite of envy. I'm going to make it in spite of everything that's tried to stop me. I shall not die, but live. Praise God. Folks, it's going to take more than this to stop me. I said it's going to take more than this to stop me. It's going to take more than this to do me in. If you think this is all You ain't seen nothing yet God is with me If you're going through hell Just keep on going If you're going through a Gethsemane Just keep on going If you're going through a trial of your life Just keep on going I didn't come this far to quit now I said I didn't come this far to quit now I didn't come this far to die now Woo! I hadn't lived all these 33 years Jesus said to come and have my life snuffed out by a few people that hate me. And you know what? I haven't lived this long and preached this long for somebody that hates me now to snuff out my faith. I haven't lived this long for somebody that doesn't like me to frustrate me and make me give up living for God. I haven't lived this long uh, for some little problem that comes up in my life to be the end of my life. Whatever it is I'm going through, I've made up my mind. I'm going through it. I'm not stopping in it. I'm not going to die in it. I'm going I'm live, I'm gonna live past the hate, I'm gonna live past jealousy, I'm gonna live past bitterness, I'm gonna live past envy. I shall live and not die. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to be on your feet right now saying, God, I'm going to live and not die. This is not going to do me in. This is not going to be the end of my life. This is not the end of my world. This is not the end of what you have for me. Whoa! hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I shall not die. But live I shall not die But live I'm going to live to declare the works of God The devil hates people that keep going The devil hates people that get up The devil hates people that won't quit Hell oh, yeah Say brother you, you don't know what I'm going through You don't know what I'm having to face I know that sounds pitiful I'm being a little facetious right now. You you, you just don't know. No, I don't. But I know what he went through. Because my Bible describes in vivid detail everything. The beating. The abandonment. The spit. The pressure. The problems. The lies that were told on him. The lies that were told on him. He just kept going. Amen. 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 You had any lies told on you? Anybody have I can't even tell you how many times people have lied about this church. Not just about me, but about this church. But you know what? I'm not going to let lie stop this church from going on. I'm not going to let lie stop me from doing what God called me to do. I've had people I've had people that sit on these pews that hated my guts before. Nobody here now like that, but I've had people that literally, they sat there just to annoy me. You know what I did? I just preached like they weren't even in the house. That's right you know what, if you think I've lived this long and gone through all I've gone through to let some piddly little thing like that sidetrack me and make me sit over the corner and pout, I heard of one preacher, he got mad. somebody come out and said something that offended him he went back in his office and sat down and started pouting and his wife had to go get him and get him out of the office to go back out there and be the preacher he was supposed to be folks I want to tell you something, my wife has never had to come in my office and tell me now come on honey, get that lip up off the floor come on smile a little bit, I'm just I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you I'm not going to let some piddly thing that happens in this life stop me from reaching what God has put out before me, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm just not going to let it be. I've I've heard of men, I've I've heard of men giving up their ministerial license with an organization because some little something happened and they got offended. One preacher I heard in, in Kansas, he was called before the district board 40 something times on false allegations because they were... They were jealous in that area because his church was growing by leaps and bounds. They were doing Bible studies everywhere and people were just coming in and they, they filed charges against him. He said, now, nah, what's wrong with some of you guys? Somebody just, somebody just bumps you every once in a while and you get your feelings all in an uproar. And the same thing ha- applies to, to saints. We let one little thing, and you say, well, Gethsemane was not a little thing. I know it wasn't, but we let one little thing bump us off and we're ticked off and then we go to telling people off. Yeah. Oh, I'm meddling right now. Yeah. But you know what? I haven't come this far to let something like that stop me. I want to live, folks. I don't want to die. I'm not ready to give up the ghost yet. I'm not ready to quit and throw in the towel. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Some of you are going through some hellish situations right now. Some of you are having to go through things, and I'm not making light of that. Please don't misunderstand me. I, you're going through things this morning that you probably never dreamed you'd have to go through. And you're having to bear some birds you never dreamed you'd have to bear. But listen to me. You've got to keep going. Whatever you're going through, just keep going. And Who knows? You might get through hell without the devil even knowing you're there. (laughs) Oh, folks, listen to me. On his way to Gethsemane, on his way to a place where he was going to die literally in himself, everything was going to be given up. His friends would abandon him, nobody would pray. I I get upset around here when everybody don't come to prayer meeting. But nobody prayed with him that night. But he kept praying. Nobody prayed with him that night. They all slept. Makes you want to go back and just hit them with a two before. Wake up. Smell the coffee. Realize where you're at. But he didn't do any of that. He came back. He woke them up. Can't you wait with me an hour? He goes back. He keeps praying. He comes back. They're asleep again. You know what? We get frustrated with a lot of things in life that that really don't matter when it comes to our eternal purpose. And Jesus got through. He quit fussing with those things. And finally, he said, y'all just sleep on. I've got something I've got to do. And that's the way it is in life. Sometimes you just have to quit fussing about a lot of stuff. I'm preaching to myself this morning. You just have to quit fussing about some stuff. And you've got to get your eyes back on what it is you're here for. I'm here to make it, I'm here to go all the way. I haven't come this far. Uh, this, This sickness that I'm enduring, this physical problem that I'm going through, these marital issues that I'm dealing with, these family problems that we're struggling with, these job related issues that we're struggling with, those things are not designed to destroy us. They're designed to make us. And if we will adapt the attitude that Jesus adapted on the way to Calvary, he had a song of praise on his lips. He said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. He had a song of faith. He had a song of faith. I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. My trust is in the Lord. God's going to keep me. God's going to, He's going to see me through. And He had a song of confidence. I'm going to live and not die. It's going to take more than this to kill me. Hey, folks, it took more. He said, I lay down. You can't kill me. I'm going to lay down my life. That's what you got to have in your life to get through it. Praise God. Anybody want to get through some stuff? Open your mouth and start praising the Lord. More good is going on in your life than bad right now anyway. You've got more things for you than that are against you. So why are you focusing on what's against you? We get a Uriah complex. We got thousands of people bowing down and one man, one Mordecai out there that's not bowing. And that's all we can see. And we destroy ourselves trying to make that one bow when there's tens of thousands of others bowing. There's some things in life I figured out are never going to bow. But look around you. You've got more this morning than you've ever had. You're blessed more than you've ever been blessed. You have more liberties today than you've ever had. You've got more in your life right now than you've ever had. You say, oh no, I don't, Brother Hughes. Now let's talk about this. Doctors, lawyers, money is not where life is. There are people that have millions and millions of dollars, and their life is just money's not the answer. The truth is, I have more on my side right now than is against me. And every once in a while, you need a preacher to come along and tell you that there's more for me than's against me. You know what? I need to quit complaining. I need to quit griping. I need to quit bellyaching. I need to quit whining. I need to get out of my pity party business. I need to sell the tent and all the stuff that goes with it and get out of the pity party business. Amen. Come on, folks. Come on. So Brother Hughes, that don't make me feel a whole lot better. It will if you'll get rid of that tent. Get rid of the tent of discontent. Yes. Get rid of that complaining griping, belly aching, moaning, groaning, all of that. Lay it aside and let your mouth be filled with an atmosphere of praise and adoration to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, the Lord is good. Oh, the Lord is good. Hallelujah. His mercy endureth forever. Anybody here want to praise Him for that? Come on, somebody give Him a praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Whatever you're going through, lift up your hands and start praising Him. Whatever you're going through, just start magnifying the name of the Lord. Oh, the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. Let Israel say, the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. Let Aaron say, the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. Let everybody say, the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. Lord, You've been too good to me. God, You've been too good to me. You've been too good to me. To to fail me now. You've been too good to let me down now. You're not going to do that. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody say it with me. I'm going to live and not die. Come on, I'm going to live and not die. I'm not going to die in this dilemma. Praise God.